Welcome to the Mike Davis Show. Hi, That's Amanda, everybody. I'm Mike Davis. <laughs> Today's Red Day. In case you didn't notice, Amanda, thanks for making sure you got the memo. Yeah, hi. <laughs> Davey did not get the memo. If you want to show Davey, he's a blank seat today. Oh, yeah. yeah I don't so, know if his camera's on. Yeah, Davey's camera's he's not on, so we very, can't show you. Very blank. But he will be back. Davey will be back. He did yes. a good show yesterday. He did he an did. awesome job. And Judd Damon at Flagler College, mm -hmm. the athletic director, was great. Yes. Yes. That was a very good show. It was a very, very good show. Yeah. Except when my wife told me she watched the show and his arms were bigger than mine. I oh. said, honey, he had a short sleeve shirt on and I had a long sleeve shirt on. I, it, I wasn't playing. It wasn't yeah. a fair... The yeah. shade. Gotta love Darcy. I know. She loved you and Davey, though. Had she, great things. That was like a five-minute rundown on everything you guys did. She great. keeps you humble. She does. <laughs> it doesn't work. <laughs> <laughs> she tries. It's 34 years of trying, and it just yep. doesn't work. Well, you know. Oh, gosh. Well, let's see. We have a wonderful guest tonight. Mm -hmm. Someone who has been uh, probably a uh, guest on my show, our show, for the most number of times. Yeah. And we're always very happy to have her here. But we'll introduce her in just a minute. Let's make some money first so we can pay for the show. That is uh, important. <laughs> yes, it is. Salomon Services. It's the premier place for personal training in St. Augustine. They have both youth and adult training classes. They've got small group strength and fitness development classes. If you've been injured, they can get you back on the court or the field safely. You'll be in better shape when you do. They've got a state-of-the-art center with both indoor and outdoor turf areas, and all of their coaches are certified through the National Strength and Conditioning Association. And give them a call, 904-461-9945, or visit their website, solomonservices.com, and sign up today. And also, Abear Kruski and Associates, they're a full surface, 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 surfing. They're not surfing. They're full <laughs> service mind, local Mike? CPA firm. God, something's on my mind. With a team of skilled professionals dedicated to providing top levels of service in the areas of tax compliance, planning for businesses, estates, individuals, and trusts. It can also do audits and reviews. And if you need a business valuation or forensic analysis or litigation support, they are there for you. You can reach them at 904-460-0747 or online at abearcruskycpa.com. Call Bill and Ken. Give them a call. You guys need a good CPA. Give them a call to help you out. Absolutely. And our friends at A to Z offer free estimates and have been serving St. John's County for over 20 years in the construction industry. A to Z offers metal, painted metal roofs for saltwater area homes with warranties for up to 25 years. A to Z offers shingle roofs with warranties for up to 50 years. They also install tile roofing, cedar shake shingles, designer roofing, and flat roof coverings. Recent job photos and material descriptions can be seen at a to z roofing and waterproofing.com give them cone family a call for all your roofing needs and if you don't know what you're having for dinner tonight have dinner with the tringali family you can head down to carmelo's pizzeria voted best pizza nine years in a row new york style brick oven brick oven pizza also serves salads subs wings and more or if you're feeling carnivorous 123 burger house Locally owned and operated by our favorite Tringali family. Voted best burgers three years running. They also have chicken wings, salads, more pizza, ice cream. Both restaurants offer dine-in, takeout, and delivery through Bite Squad and Grubhub. The Tringali family wants to join you for dinner tonight. So head on down and join them. Now we also have the Bozard Ford local update. And that is that our friends from Recovery RX, their Scars Under the Stars event is tomorrow night. And there was an update from Meredith Belger that they have received $61,000 of their $250,000 fundraising goal. So they were very grateful for that. They thank all of you that have been giving, buying tickets. I'm going to be there tomorrow night with my family. So if you want to meet me, my husband, everybody, we're going to be there. We're going to be having a good time. Mike, are you going to be there? I am not going to be there tomorrow oh, night. I am not. <laughs> uh, but if you guys get Amanda's autograph and you text it to us during the show, we'll come up with something for you. Maybe we'll even give a you tile? a tile. Yeah, we've got tiles under here that don't belong to us and we keep giving away. So Tiles for days. <laughs> tiles for days. Also, uh, on the Bozart Ford Community Update, uh, Home Again is having a fundraiser at the St. Anastasia Catholic Church on Friday night. It's a murder mystery. Oh, um, fun. Sign up for it. They're a lot of fun. It's an 80s-themed murder mystery. All right. Yes. JR is going down. <laughs> JR Ewing is, is, is done. And it's Pamela. I'm telling you, Pam did it. In the shower, she shot him. 
You I have think. to be a certain age to get this. I can't reference. remember that. No, she didn't shoot him in the shower. <laughs> she was, yeah. I think she had a dream later. Well, so I researched this because I was a child and I remember the headlines, but I wasn't allowed to watch the show. I would get sent to bed so my mom could watch it. And um, he got shot twice. So mm-hmm. I didn't, I found the wrong clip when I was like trying to make the joke, like, look, yeah. I'm so culturally relevant and I know these things, um, even though I was too young. Uh, yeah, he got shot twice. So yeah. I don't, which one are you talking about? Yeah. And Susan's saying the old tile trick about giving tiles away. Look, we're just trying to help. <laughs> we're just trying to help your son clean up the office, right? These tiles will be here for forever if we don't give them away. Last time I cleaned up the office, there was a scandal. <laughs> I don't want to know. We stopped the morning show. <laughs> he couldn't find his little sheriff badge. It's right there. This one, right here. <laughs> yes, there's right. a whole thing. We have an amazing guest today. We do. She has uh, been one of my uh, most favorite repeat guests uh, of all time because uh, she's one of the nicest people in in the constitutional offices, Mm -hmm. right? There's some nice ones in there. I mean, Eddie Creamer and Dennis Hollingsworth, but Vicki Oaks, she takes the cake. She's got them all beat. Absolutely. They're all in third place. That's how good (laughs) she is. So welcome back to the show. Well, thank you, Mike. I always appreciate that you um, invite me to come. Listen, we love having you on because uh, voting um, is one of the things that I hold near and dear, right? It's it's one of our, to me, responsibilities as a, as a citizen of this country. And your office makes it really easy, but sometimes people just don't check on, <laughs> on what's going on. And as somebody, I think I've only missed one election in all of my voting time. Uh, and I can check your record and find out. It goes. <laughs> this one goes way back. You got to go all the way back to the 1980s to pick this one up. Can you go that far back? I know we have at least 10 years of voter history. Yeah, I guess it's an 84 one. So, yeah, you got to go way back. I might so, could. You got to go way back. <laughs> in the machine, the way back machine. But no, you, you do an amazing job. We've always had great elections here in St. John's County. Um, and you called, you texted me a couple of weeks ago and, and I was like, anytime you want to come on, you know, you're welcome to come on. So we're very glad that we were able to get, uh, get you on here today. You've got some big news. I do. You've got a couple of things you want to talk to us about. I do. And so I want to hear. So what's the big news? Okay. So the very first thing is in election years, my office usually mails out what's called the citizen's guide to registering and voting for St. John's County voters. There have been some law changes this year, and I felt it was really important because we have a lot of new people here as well. Mm -hmm. So we're doing... Refugees. (laughs) We're doing a a publication of our mailer for 23 Mm -hmm. because my message to our citizens and our voters is the 24 elections are coming. Get ready. Yeah. yeah. It's not too early to prepare. So, Mike, you're one of the first people to see this, what our citizen's guide actually looks like. Exclusive. I'm not showing you, Amanda. Exclusive. Yep. <laughs> I'll get to see it. So, we will be mailing 135,000 of them to every residential mailbox in St. John's County. They're not going to voters. They're going to residential mailboxes. So every resident in the county will receive one simply because there's new people here Mm -hmm. and they may not know about registering to vote and might need that information. I appreciate that it's going to mailboxes and not to every registered voter because my husband and I are both registered. We don't need two of them. So keeping costs down, better for the environment, and I don't have to put one in my recycle bin. (laughs) Not that I would ever do that to your work. (laughs) So um, it has some information, the election dates, Mm -hmm. early voting dates for next year, a couple of very important things, too. Actually, they go in the mail. They'll be delivered to the post office tomorrow. So the mailing is done in since it's such a large mailing, we're doing it two weeks. We're splitting it mm-hmm. over. If you mm-hmm. live in North St. John's County, Ponte Vedra, 32259 or 32092, then you should expect to receive yours Friday or Saturday's mail. The rest will go the following week, the week of the 22nd, and that will go to the remainder of St. Augustine and then... Elkton, Hastings, the rest of the county. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of really good information. The one thing that I really need to let people know, because most people don't really seem to know that 
the legislature's made some changes in the last couple of years with election laws mm -hmm. and um, all vote by mail ballot requests expire now after every general election. So after the 22 general election, we all those requests that were on file expired. They are we started at zero. So if you intend to vote in 24 by mail, you have to request your ballot. Mm -hmm. And okay. a lot of people don't know that. Yeah. Um, so that's the, the, the first thing. Um, the other is if they want to register to vote, where do they go to register to vote? Okay. There's uh, several opportunities. If they've moved mm -hmm. here recently, they can, when they obtain their Florida driver's license, mm -hmm. they can register to vote at the same time. We receive 80% of our voter registrations from DMV. From the Motor Voter MTV Drive back <laughs> in the 80s or 90s, whenever they did that. It was so, the 90s, Motor yeah, Voter. Motor yeah. Voter. I, yeah, that yeah. was federal legislation. Tells you how old I am. I can remember that. Henry Ford was against it, by the way. He didn't think the Model <laughs> T should be used to register people to vote. And now we also have online voter registration. Yeah. Register, and that information is available on our website. Uh, you can actually come to the office or register to vote at your public local public library. We still have those? Yes, we do. We do have them in St. Thomas. I Park. love my library. Don't you visit your library? You Never mind, don't answer that. I don't. I honestly <laughs> don't. It's really bad. It, was, it goes all the way back to being a kid, Vicky, and being forced to go to the library. So I rarely do things I was forced to do as a kid. So I enjoyed our library field trips. Me we had a too. park next to it, and we would go and we would play as a class on, in this big park, and we'd go and they'd read us stories and got to bring books home. Come on, man. The only good library trip we went on is in middle school at CPS. One of the teachers took a bunch of us up to the Jacksonville Library. Okay. And one of the kids that was always in trouble went immediately to the microfish section. Oh, no. Just to see if Playboy was on microfish. Oh, dear. And it was. Classy. Who knew? That's classy. That's that the one the he remembers. That's the only one trip I remember. Every other trip. <laughs> no, I actually, I'm joking. I remember when the library was downtown. When they had the little library right down on, on Treasury and Avalee Street. And you would go down to the library and it was uh, just slightly larger than Pete's studio. Yeah. Just slightly larger than that. And it had all the books in St. John's County. No. Then they built the new library where the old Davenport basketball courts were. Right. Okay. See, yeah. I remember stuff. And that's why the playground's called Davenport Park. Yes. Okay. Yep. But we miss the carousel. I miss we it. We really miss it. There, uh, You go there now and there's no children. At that's the controversial you in this room. One more time. <laughs> Pete Melfi's going to put you on a 90-day suspension from the <laughs> <laughs> Pete has issues with the carousel. Sorry. Pete has issues. <laughs> I agree with you. The carousel, it was a terrible loss. Uh, I thought it was great. Our kids loved going to the carousel. Yeah. We had a great time going there. I thought it was wonderful. Um, I think, you know, there's it's there's rare times when a genius like Pete Melfi is absolutely wrong. This is one of them. And so, yeah. I just cleaned out uh, one of my bags that I would take to the carousel and it still had my little, my last punch card. Aww. Like, oh, sad. I miss it. <laughs> you should have framed it and brought it in here for Pete. Oh, I should have. You should have framed that. We could have hung it on the wall. I think I gave it to my daughter. I'll see if she has see it. See if she still has that. That <laughs> might have to get framed and put up in here. Yeah. That would be awesome. He would be traumatized. Uh, he probably would. <laughs> I think his mom left him on it one time for too long. Susan, Can you're you listening. Confirm? <laughs> what is his phobia with the carousel? <laughs> so, yeah. So, um, so but I think it's important because you're all right. There's a lot. We have a lot of new people here. Growth has been off the charts since 2021. Yeah. So there's a lot of people that haven't been through a presidential election cycle here in St. John's County. Um, and I think it's great that you're doing this because the voting rolls close for the um, the presidential primary when? February the 20th. Yep. Okay. And then the primary election so we do a, it's kind of funny. So Florida does a presidential primary. Yes. And that, that will be March 19th. And yep. that's when Florida's voters get to weigh in. Of course, the Republicans will vote on a Republican ballot. Democrats, Democrat ballot. We'll see. And um, that's Florida's a winner take all state. So they will get whoever wins will get the delegate votes at the conventions in the summertime. We will find out. We get certifications December 19th from the Division of Elections in Tallahassee. So one of the things that, that a lot of people that have moved here recently uh, may or may not realize, right, is St. John's County was a heavy Democrat county. At one time, At yes. one time, right? It all flipped in the 90s to become more of a Republican county. 
It's one of the more staunch Republican counties in the entire state right now. Right. Um, it, it there's a, a we had a huge voter turnout um, in, in the uh, gubernatorial race last year. Um, Governor DeSantis did a great job, um, but people just don't realize this was all a Democrat. When I registered as a Republican in 1984, my parents thought it was crazy because n there was no. I don't think there was a single elected Republican official in 1984 when I registered to vote. Probably right. And uh, so, so Florida has, has changed. Um, it was a blue state that became a, a red state, became a purple state. Uh, now we think it's a red state again, but we'll find out in the next election cycle. Um, and you do not have to comment on this next thing. I, are the Democrats actually going to have a primary? I mean, you have to comment on that. Are they, there, there is one set up. Are they actually going to have a ballot with anybody other than Joe Biden? On it? We will know. Uh, okay, so the parties. Yes. It's their responsibility to give their presidential candidates to the state. So those names come from the party. Okay. That's where they originate from. So it's up to the Republican Party of Florida and the Democrat Party of Florida to certify their names to the Division of Elections by mid-November. I'm going to Vegas. I see one name on that ballot on one side <laughs> of this. And if there's only one, then we will not have a Democrat ballot. But another thing that I need to mention yeah. that I see a real heavy trend in, and it's also mentioned on the back of my citizen's guide, is we have all the new people that are moving here. A lot of them are registering with no party affiliation. Mm -hmm. They do not are not aware of Florida's closed primaries. So the, the so other, we do have a question from the audience about that, um, or I guess a comment um, that Barbara Jean says it would be great if independents could vote in primaries. So do you have thoughts about that? Pros, cons? Okay, so you have to keep in mind that the purpose of a primary election mm -hmm. is for the parties to select their nominees yep. for the general election. Mm -hmm. That is Florida's current law. Mm -hmm. um, that is set forth in statute. It would be up to the state legislatures to change that. And honestly, that's why my husband changed his affiliation from independent to a party, because he wanted to have a voice in the primary. And if it's going to come down to two people in parties who have the opportunity to actually realistically get elected to a federal office. He wanted to be able to have a voice in picking who at least one of them were, uh, was. And so um, that was one of the reasons why he changed. So I, I see the wisdom in not allowing non-affiliates or people of other parties to vote in a primary. If the primary is designed to allow someone, uh, a party to pick its candidate, then the members of the party should be able to pick it. Yeah. And then we do in the primary, not in the presidential primary, but in our August primary, we do have some races that run nonpartisan school board. Mm -hmm. Our judges, Mike, you live in the city of St. Augustine, Augustine, city of St. Augustine Beach. Their commissioners are nonpartisan. Mm -hmm. So you're familiar mm -hmm. with their um, charter that says if there's more than three candidates, in any given race, then that starts in the primary. Yep. They're nonpartisan. Everyone would be eligible to vote on them. Mm -hmm. Also, occasionally, the city and the beach, they will put charter amendments on their ballots uh, in the primary. In the and in those cases, the um, charter amendments are open to all voters. Mm -hmm. So there are things mm -hmm. for nonpartisan voters to be eligible to vote in in the primaries. Okay. And I, my comment on the party, if, you, if you're going to have a party, the people in the party should pick the candidate. Mm -hmm. And as soon as you open up to everybody, you really don't have a party anymore. Yeah. So it's just, a, it's just a way of causing chaos in somebody else's party that you disagree with, right? It's, it's, so I, I, I strongly believe that you should be registered for the party. And, it, and you can register. Your husband uh, did it, Louis. Um, people can, if they want to go register, feel strongly, hey, I really want to vote in this primary or the other. Mm -hmm. A nonpartisan can go uh, weeks before, right? There's, there's yeah. a, the, the books close certain times, uh, February 20th for this, the presidential one. Mm -hmm. And you can register a vote, Absolutely. right? I mean, I, I wouldn't put it past certain Democrats if 
there was somebody um, that was close to Donald Trump and Joe Biden is not going to have anybody else on the ballot and they can't vote in the Democratic side. I would not put it past some of them switching parties mm-hmm. to go vote against Trump. Yeah. Right. Just to cause chaos in the Republican presidential. Well, that was a Rush Limbaugh tactic, right? Operation Chaos. Uh, It certainly was. (laughs) So then they'd have to be following Rush Limbaugh's advice. I think they're morally opposed to that. Uh, They might be, but they'll, they, they, they usually don't, morals don't count in politics. Really don't. I mean, I can give you example after example, Amanda. Well, that was one of the, one of the things that was happening when Georgia had their runoff is a bunch of people with means um, and large presences online we're telling people to go down and rent a short-term rental in Georgia, register to vote, and vote in the Georgia um, runoff race. election. Yep. And that's kind of wrong. Well, <laughs> that is wrong, but that is not the way they saw it. Did we say that morals didn't count in politics? <laughs> Remember we, we said. said that. So we just say that. Put it in. The other question I had for you, uh, Democrats were, um, the majority of voters were registered Democrats. Uh, Republicans overtook them in the last three, four years. Back in the 90s. Was it in the, I thought it was, back in the 90s. maybe it's nonpartisans have overtaken Democrats in the last three okay, or four years. So here's, uh, in, as a part of my um, citizen's guide, there's mm-hmm. a couple of, of information on the bat about Florida's closed primary state and then a separate article on no party affiliation. Mm-hmm. The bottom line, Mike, is people change parties all the time. Mm-hmm. And an answer to your question, right now, Republicans are at, 52%, Democrat 22%, and NPAs or others are at 25%. Is so that Mike the just proved St. John's, John's County. Mike okay. just proved he hasn't checked your website because it's right there on your website, the numbers. <laughs> yeah, and you don't pick on me at all during the show. Not at all. <laughs> I at gave all. You a that pass was just yesterday. informational. That was just information. I gave you a pass yesterday. <laughs> it's updated most every day. So. Uh, love this. Darcy pays you to give me a bad time. All right. Um, so that was, so that this mailer goes out, half of it goes to the um, county this, this, this week. week the other that? half, a uh, week from now, two weeks from now. A week from now. A week from now. Everybody okay. would have it within two weeks. So if you live in the city and you live in the south end of the county, don't be upset if you don't get one. It's coming. They're coming. <laughs> yes. And you know, I would love to blame it on the post office, but Vicki is mailing them in two batches. So it's not the post office's fault. Well, I'll tell you, you know, I have a small staff and what these do is they generate so much traffic for our office. Our phones ring constantly for a week. So we just split the mailing up to make it a little easier on our staff to manage. And then our web traffic too. vote by mail request. People who need to change their address, they do it online. Mm-hmm. Our, our web traffic's off the charts. I have to tell you, that's incredibly smart, right? I mean, I was wondering why you were doing it. I couldn't come up with a reason in my head, and now you've, that you've explained it, I'm like, yeah, that makes total sense. Because I'm going to spend all week answering the phone, Mike. That's what I'm going to be doing. I, I love to do that. I am calling Vicki those two weeks every day with just random questions. <laughs> Are the Braves going to win tonight? That's the first one I'm asking. I don't know. <laughs> if he harasses you, let me know. I'll give him a hard time. Yes. Okay, thank you. She 100% will. Uh, we did have another viewer question, um, also from Barbara Jean. So thank you, Barbara Jean. Uh, she wants to know if sample ballots will still be mailed out. Absolutely. Okay. Three weeks before an election. And for the March presidential preference, it will only be to the parties and voters that are involved in that election. Okay. And I do see on your website that there is a place where you can have your sample ballot emailed. So you can sign up for that Mm -hmm. in the voters section um, drop down on your website. Yes. I want to know if Amanda requests that because earlier she mentioned she wanted to save the environment. So I want to make Mm -hmm. sure she's saving the paper. I didn't say that. (laughs) I use use that sample ballot and I sit there and I research all of the candidates and I highlight um, who I want to vote for and all of the amendments. And it goes in my purse along with my voter registration card, which is always there. And I take that to my local precinct and I vote. Yep. Because I'm, I'm old and I can't remember everybody. Well, and actually, besides the citizen's guide, mm-hmm. our sample ballots are the very best thing that I do for our voters. I love it. Everybody loves it. I so love we it. will always continue to do that. Is that a requirement or is it just something your office does? 
most supervisors do, it's a requirement that I either put it in the local paper of general circulation. What is this local paper that you refer to? Of general <laughs> circulation, or I can mail it to mm -hmm. our voters. And really, the best communication I have is directly with our voters. I would advise you put it on the 904 Now Network because it mm -hmm. reaches more people than the local paper that you speak of. <laughs> I know um, circulation is down a bit than it used to be. Uh, it's not so general anymore. It's kind of random. Um, um, I'll put that email, my sample ballot, in the comments. Yeah, it's, it's kind of very, very random. So, yes. Um, no, I, I, I think you guys do a great job with that. Uh, Darcy and I spent a lot of time going over those ballots as well, just as Amanda does. Because there's a lot of times you, you have things that you don't realize you're going to vote on, right? They're, they're kind of, I want to say they're random things. You know, you're following some of the bigger races, but you're not following some of those down tier back page of the ballot. And it gives you an opportunity to research all that. You do a great job putting those out. So thank you. You're very welcome. I have enjoyed those over the years. And I carry mine around because I get a lot of calls from people. <laughs> um, what about this race? What about that race? What about this race? So. And are you going to be doing candidate interviews this year for I, for August election and the? General I, I believe that we are. Pete runs the network. Um, I'd like to do as many as we can. I I have to give uh, you know hats off and full credit to Pete on this one. Uh, Pete does not take any campaign donations, so there's no advertising for a candidate on the nine hundred four now. Okay, and so Pete just does the interviews that are straight up interviews. It's to me pure journalism. It's the way it's supposed to be, as opposed to some candidate spending $5,000 on advertising with Pete and then expecting to come in and get a different interview than somebody who doesn't spend any money with Pete. And honestly, um, Pete is one of those just down the road kind of guys that calls it just like he calls balls and strikes the way he sees them. And sometimes you might like what he says and sometimes you don't, but that's just the way he is. And he does a phenomenal job and all the interviews, he has all the questions. It's the same question for every candidate in the same order, which again, to me is the way you should be doing those. And, and he releases them all on the same day. So even though they're not done at the same time, one candidate can't know what the other candidate's questions are. So I, I think he's doing it as, as honestly as you can do those interviews, Pete does them. And I think they're a huge resource for the community. It is a great resource mm -hmm. to our community because our countywide races, the airport authority, the mosquito control, mm -hmm. there's very little resources for, for voters to be able to connect with these candidates mm -hmm. and and you know that yes yeah there are races you those two you mentioned in particular where you you may never have heard of any of the candidates on the ballot and you really got to dig and do some research airport authority i'm always calling a couple of pilots out there what's going on who do you like who do you not like right they use the airport so they have a, a vested interest in it running correctly right. and mosquito control sometimes is just i don't know I don't know, that, that's a hard one sometimes. Important waterway is another one. Important waterway, soil and water. Yep. Um, then we have this, of course, the city and the beach are a little more prominent for the yes. voters in the city. So um, so that's that's just a little different. For yes. Barbara Jean, I will deny every nice thing I said about Pete Melfi if you send him an email. <laughs> <laughs> Come on now. Oh, no, I'm just kidding. All right, so uh, that's our... Your mailer. Uh, what about active registered voters? Because you and I talked a little bit about that before. Okay, so. Amanda, can you mm -hmm. pull my website back okay. up and show the website? Um, current registered voters? Yeah. Because if you are a regular visitor to my site, you might have noticed that in the this week, our voter register, and it's Wednesday, our mm -hmm. voter registration Active registered voters, which is what's shown on our site, mm -hmm. has dropped by 15,416 voters. Wow. And what that has to do with is our list maintenance, our mm -hmm. biannual list maintenance. Okay. So the law requires mm -hmm. the supervisor of elections to look at our rolls and see how many voters we have who are on our rolls who have not voted or we have not heard from in the last two general elections. Mm -hmm. So that means 2020 and 2022, we've heard nothing from these people. Okay, We're required to mail them a notice. Hey, are you still there? Yeah. So we mailed almost 17,000 notices wow. back last month. 
And um, with that notice is a return postcard. Mm -hmm. The voter can confirm their address information. Please leave me on the roll, sign it, postage paid, drop it back in the mail. Mm -hmm. They can check the block that says, oh, I've moved. I need to update my address. Or they can say cancel my registration if they have moved out of state and they're no longer living in Florida. Mm -hmm. But so we had about 1,500, give or take, responses. But Mike, the large bulk of those list maintenance cards came back to us as undeliverable from the U.S. Post Office or either the voters did not respond Mm -hmm. and we did not get the card back. So what the law says then is after 30 days, those voters are then moved from our active list over to the inactive list. Okay. They're not removed from the rolls. Mm-hmm. They have been moved from active, which is what's shown on our website, yep. over to inactive. Mm-hmm. Now, what that means for a voter, if you end up on the inactive list, you still have opportunity to vote. You're still registered. Mm-hmm. You contact our office. The first thing you have to do is to confirm your St. John's County residence address we need to know that you still live here. Yeah. Then we need your birthday, your address, all of your information. And then you can vote in person or request a vote by mail ballot once mm-hmm. you have confirmed your information from us. Okay. Now that means you can are still eligible to vote in 24. Mm-hmm. You still will be eligible to vote in 26. You stay on the rolls for two federal general elections. And if we do not hear from you in December of 26, you are removed from Florida's voter rolls. Okay. Because the moving voters from the active to the inactive list mm-hmm. starts them on the path for remove, eventual removal from our voter rolls. And the reason this is such a large mailing is because our state legislature the last couple of years have made some changes to our election laws. They have been wanting to give the supervisors some tools that we can use to do a better job on managing and um, protecting the integrity of our voter rolls. We want them as up-to-date as possible Mm -hmm. because when they're not, it costs me money because I have to mail these people Mm -hmm. who may or may not be there yeah so that's what's caused the drop the fifteen thousand voters moving from active to the inactive list and it's an older county no, i'm just kidding <laughs> <laughs> no there's a lot of no there's a lot of people that move right yeah. there there's a lot of there's a lot of change that goes on i mean the, the, that's one of the great things about this country right now is you can move wherever you want to move mm-hmm. all the time and a lot all of people forget hey i got to you know, they cancel their water and their power and their cable, right, yeah. or their internet, but they forget to tell the supervisor of elections, hey, I've left. Yeah. And the supervisor of elections is still mailing stuff years later if you don't have a way to purge it. Yeah. yeah. Well, besides our biannual list maintenance, we are very aggressive on our um, national change of address NCOA list with the post office. Mm-hmm. We send our voter rolls out every 60 days and match them with any voter in our county who has put in a change of address. Okay. We get that information and follow up with those voters. Hey, have you moved? Mm-hmm. You've moved in the county, in the state, out of state. We follow up with them. So we're trying as doing as much as we possibly can under current law to keep our roles up to date to get ready for 24. Absolutely. And, you know, one thing that I've heard Mike ask you in the past is for the people that um, say, what do you do in between elections? Like, are you all just sitting there playing solitaire on the tables because no one's in there and no elections are active? What you're doing is you're checking these addresses on these change change of address forms. You're staying up to date and compliant with all of the laws. And that's great to hear because I know there's a huge true the vote movement. There has been in for most of my adult life as a voter, I've heard about you know, these voter registration rolls are never purged. So it's great to hear that in St. John's County and in the state of Florida, we're taking a more active role in maintaining these lists. Yeah. And we appreciate the legislature because they made some changes in 22 that just didn't work out 
all that well. We were mailing voters multiple notices and we got with the legislature and say, hey, let can we give you some suggestions here yeah. how you can better help yeah. us please change the law so we can take these steps and get these voters off of our rolls that no longer live here. So they actually worked with us, with mm -hmm. our association, listened to the supervisors and took some of our advice. Yeah, because I will, I'd be willing to bet very few, if none, of the legislators or their aides have ever worked in a, in the, in a voter registration office, right? In, in one of the supervisor of elections. Of course office. not. But they're passing laws on it, right? They're, and so somebody can come to them that's never worked in supervisor of elections. I was go, we should pass this law. And they would go, oh, okay. Right? And then the fact that you guys as an association were able to lobby them correctly is, is hats off to whatever you guys had doing that, right? Because you were able to get some meaningful reforms that made it easier for you to do your job. Yeah, and then there were some other laws that also took effect. For example, um, didn't have a lot of real good communication, but we better now. Um, I can work with my clerk directly, and I do the new, also new laws, July 1st. I work directly with my our clerk's office to get a list of convicted felons from the week prior to. So now every week I am removing voters on our rolls that mm -hmm. were convicted, that have been recently convicted of a felony. That's new because mm -hmm. previously it would uh, go to the clerk's office, go to the state and the state, it was the state's responsibility to notify a local supervisor that a voter in their county had been convicted of a felony. Unfortunately, the state was short staffed and they were over two years behind in processing. So they could miss a, a, a several election cycles before you could find out somebody wasn't supposed to vote. We were real proactive. Um, Brandon's office was great, worked with them. They partnered with them. And we not only started, it started July 1st. So we started meeting in June to work out all the details. Mm -hmm. And so we got our processes going and I said, okay, well, can we look back to January? Let, let's go back and do January, February, March, April, May. Mm -hmm. We got all those voters. Mm. Get them off the rolls. That's good. Oh, yeah. they gave us access. Let's look at last year. <laughs> <laughs> so we've been, we've been real active. That's and, awesome. Um, auditing some of our roles to doing the very best we can. Now I, I, if you, Amanda, call me and tell me that your neighbor moved and doesn't live there anymore mm -hmm. and their husband died and I have to take him off the rolls. I'm very sorry. I just can't take your word for it. Or me, I got such an honest face. Word <laughs> for it. The, the changes in the law that are specified is mm -hmm. that I have to use reliable government sources mm -hmm. for valid information. Okay, that might be an oxymoron, and I understand we're talking <laughs> different. You're speaking well, to a government official, I Mike. I know, I know. This is so hard for me. All right, but let me, let me just teasing. explain. Yes. I know, for example, um, you know, we're on a statewide voter registration system. We've yes. talked about that before. Mm -hmm. It's a move from county to county. It's simply an address change. And there's a number of components, including the um, driver's license, mm -hmm. somebody registers at DMV, that information comes to us electronically. But the great part about that is one of the components is the Bureau of Vital Statistics. And we get regular updates daily from voters who pass away in St. John's County, and we take them off our voter rolls. Okay. And I'll use my, uh, my parents, for example. Um, Mom and dad were living with me when my dad passed away. Mm -hmm. And um, I received his death certificate 10 days after mm -hmm. he died. I went to check his rolls. He was taken off the voter rolls five days after his death. Oh, wow. So he was off the voter rolls before I actually got his death certificate in my hand. So it's safe to say no one from Illinois works <laughs> in the state department that's in charge of that for Florida. Come now. <laughs> Listen, Troy has threatened to bury me in Chicago. So that I'll vote Democrat the rest of my eternity, which scares yes. me to death. Yeah. One being buried there. <laughs> Two, that I'll vote Democrat the rest of my life. So, no, I'm, I'm, I'm joking about that. So, yes. Um, 
So your office is completely closed, completely locked up. No one can get in there to meet you guys until election time. False. Okay. So how do people interact? Can, do, can somebody like come see a tour? Can you show somebody around? Absolutely, Mike. And, you know, we um, I'll just tell you, our, we have a lot of information available on our website, votesjc.gov. Mm -hmm. And we, since 21, have been offering tours of the office because after the 20 election, we I, people would call me and they would say, you know, Vicki, I'm hearing this stuff, I, you know, can I come talk to you? Mm -hmm. I don't necessarily know what to believe. I don't, I know, I, how do we do things in St. John's County? So when several people had called and met with me, it kind of bore, it kind of was the birth of our tours. So we started mm -hmm. in 21. They got so popular, we were having them every week. Mike, I've had hundreds of people through my office. And today we still, uh, we had them all through 22 and started them again. Yep. Um, we have two a month right now scheduled. You can go on our website and get the dates. I invite anyone who is interested in learning the facts mm -hmm. about how elections are conducted in St. John's County and the state of Florida to come take a tour mm -hmm. because people learn. And, and do the tour now, right? Do the tour in the off season. Right, don't ask to do the tour the day that early voting starts, right? Or the day that, and yeah, I know you guys will do it, but it would be much easier if you do it now. No, actually, we don't do it then because uh, what we did in 22, mm -hmm. we had them right up until candidate qualifying. And then you start. And then because of the fact that we now have in our tab room a live election, mm -hmm. we are locked down for security reasons. So you don't let anybody in. Okay. So there are set dates, and that's on the website. I've zoomed in on that part of the flyer right here. The next one is Friday, September 22nd, or Monday, October 9th. You can call to schedule a tour, or you can visit the website. I'll drop that link in the comments. Great. Thank you very much. And then um, after September 22nd, we have, um, we're going to update the list. There'll be some tours, uh, another tour in October, some more in November, mm -hmm. and then we'll stop them like we won't have them any in December. Isn't she great? She goes and picks all this stuff up. I know, just bam, bam, bam. <laughs> I know. I'm here to help. Yes, thank and, you so much. But and I'll, to borrow my, um, bother Mike Davis. Yes. Because what we do with our tours is we kind of give people a behind the scenes look. We talk mm -hmm. about election integrity yep. and the security that we have in place. And Mike, we also answer every question anyone has. And what we find People walk away just going, I had no idea. So speak to election integrity. And you and I have had this conversation a lot in the last couple of years, um, especially since the 2020 election. Yeah. A lot of, of um, in my opinion, discrepancies in different places around the country. I still think Florida has done a phenomenal job. I think Florida had a wake-up call in, in the 2000 election cycle. Mm -hmm. um, not this county, because we were smart enough not to use the butterfly ballot. Um, but because of that, I think Florida has, has run some very efficient elections. You look at the, the number of people in Florida and how quickly the vote is counted in the state of Florida. And then you look at states that have a fraction of our population and it drags on for weeks. And to me, that's an embarrassment. Florida needs to be teaching a class in this. Well, thank you. And Florida has become the gold standard. Mm -hmm. in conducting elections in the United States. Because just like you said, Mike, now it might be a long election night, but unless we have a really close race, we pretty much know who won when we walk out the door. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because our laws have changed over the years. Every state has their own rights to handle their elections however they choose. Mm -hmm. We have eight states that consider themselves vote-by-mail states. Washington and Oregon have been conducting their elections by mail for 20, 30 years. They don't open polling places on election day. But that's their choice but, in how they conduct their elections. But they also let ballots come in for X number of days after the election. Okay, and that's another very good point yeah. in that Florida law requires 
all vote by mail ballots to be in the elections office by 7 p.m. on election day to be counted, period, Mm -hmm. period. Other states allow postmarking of the ballots and or additional time following the election. So you're exactly right. They might be counting ballots for weeks, but they're legitimate ballots because they have in their law said this is what we are going to do, and it's acceptable. They're allowed to do that. Look, I will tell you, if I was doing um, election night shows in some of the states, okay, I would just schedule them for three weeks after the election was over so that I could just tell you one time this is where it is, right? Um, I give you full credit. Um, typically, um, you guys start releasing data about 7.30, right? Sometimes about seven ten. You guys were. I was giving you a lot. So give me a little room. I was giving you a little room. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, Pete and I will come in here, or Pete and Troy and I, or whoever uh, is coming and sitting. Typically, we're hour, hour and a half, and we're done. Because mm-hmm. St. John's County has counted all the votes, and 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 we're taking care of. I do think there were two precincts last time that hung on for a while, and you came on and told us why that was afterwards, um, which I can't remember why. But when there were two precincts the last election, they just kind of, right. they, they were a little late. Their machines didn't mow them in. So yep. we still do it in the old-fashioned way. Mm-hmm. They, uh, the poll workers close up the machines, put ballots and transfer cases, and they bring everything to the office. Mm-hmm. So then what, they do, what we do when they arrive, and it's a part of our um, process, is they take the thumb drives that have the totals on them. Mm-hmm. And we match those for the totals tapes that come directly off the machines and they're downloaded. And it was two precincts that were just yeah. late coming in. Yeah, we couldn't figure out who would who would stop to get food on the way back to the office or not. But. <laughs> yeah. And then sometimes you have to you have to always remember. Even though the polls close at seven PM, you mm-hmm. might have a line. And there was one precinct Precinct 105, Creekside Christian Church up on Racetrack Road, that they had a lot, about an hour's line. So at seven o'clock, the poll deputy goes and stands in line behind the last voter, seven o'clock. Clerk announces the polls are now closed. So everyone in front of the Mm -hmm. poll deputy gets to vote because they were in line by seven. Yep. And if you have a line, it just might take a while. Well, and I have to tell you, I, all the times I voted, um, I don't think I've waited longer than ten or fifteen minutes, right? I, and I, I give your office, uh, Penny, who had it before you, um, full pro on having enough precincts where you don't have these long lines. I look in some of these cities where the lines go on for blocks and blocks, I'm like. Did you not know people were going to vote today? And we're running out of ballots. Did you not know people were going to vote? Did someone not tell you the election was today? Right. So I I give you guys full credit. The poll workers have always been amazing. Um, They've always been friendly. They have always been courteous. They have always been efficient. I've never had a bad encounter with a poll worker in all the times I've ever voted. So I I give that. And they're all volunteers. So I give them a a huge amount of credit for doing just a great job. Yeah. Well, we do pay them. But um, yes, so I would invite anyone to come and learn about our processes. Mike, I will tell you, I have 100% confidence in our voting system and our processes. You can too. Mm -hmm. And we have the safest system that exists on the planet, and it is called a paper ballot. Yes, and and we keep the paper ballot. So Andy's asking how many uh, volunteers, and I said volunteers, paid staff will you have for the general election, for the, the primary and the general election next year in 2024? Okay, it varies. Mm-hmm. We will have about 500 poll workers that mm-hmm. we will hire and train for the general election, mm-hmm. probably 600. And what people need to know is, you know, I have a small staff, 15 full-time and we grow to a staff of about 650 to roll out a successful general election. That includes part-time staff that we hire. That mm-hmm. includes our poll workers, our techs that are out roaming on election day and at our early voting sites. 
the um, staff that I hire that come in and do nothing but handle vote by mail, mm -hmm. the staff that I hire that come in and help answer the phones. It's a tremendous undertaking. Okay. Um, so while we're talking about election integrity, um, you and I talked a couple of times ago that you've been on here. Uh, a lot of times people bring up voter fraud and they'll bring up nursing homes. But you are doing something that is really out in front of that. And let our listeners know what you're doing about nursing homes and voter fraud. Okay, so um, many counties do this, mm -hmm. Mike. It's in statute and it's referred to as supervised voting. Mm -hmm. So what, what we're getting ready to do now is to reach out to all of the nursing homes and assisted living facilities in advance to get all the residents and people that are capable, able, and want to vote in the 24 elections will go ahead and get their information. And then when it gets to have the request on file, so then when it comes election time, we'll use the March election. That's the first one coming up. Say we have, um, we have 24 facilities in the county. We send them a letter. We'd like to come to your facility. Let's get request. We'll set a date and time. My staff will actually take the ballots, go out to the nursing home, and if the um, voters need assistance, that will be from my staff, mm -hmm. which are two staff members of opposite party affiliation mm -hmm. to assist them. They may have a family member there or someone else they would like, and they're more than welcome to do that, yeah. request assistance by somewhere else. And we've been really doing that since about 2014. And, um, of course, during COVID, we couldn't do that because they, the nursing homes were all locked down. Yeah. But we reinstituted that in 22, and we're already planning for 24, that it's actually my staff that goes into. And a lot of counties do that already. Mm -hmm. It's not just St. John's County. Yeah. Um, you have one more thing about congressional districts, but I wanted to ask you about how people vote and how that's changed over the last 20 years, right? There's so many more opportunities to vote now. What are the trends that you're seeing over the last five, six election cycles? People want to vote when it's convenient for them. That's mm -hmm. the trend we're seeing. And, you know, my slogan was for a while that, and kind of still is, voting is never easier than it is today. Mm -hmm. Any registered voter can mm -hmm. request a ballot and vote by mail. Yep. Mike, if you too can vote my mail, but I'm not a mind reader. You, have to let <laughs> you, know. you know, I'm not going to. <laughs> I know you're a vote in person person. I, I am a vote in person on the day of. I think one time I had to vote early voting because uh, I was going to be out of town and I didn't request the absentee ballot. Um, uh, and so I had to go to early voting. It was a piece of cake. It was easy. It was great. Um, but yeah, I, I just I, I'm, I'm just a traditionalist. And that's fine. You have that option. I love that option. So you can vote by mail. I'm yeah. an early voting voter myself. Me too. What about you, Amanda? Yeah, I'm an early voter. And that way I can take my kids and there's not a big crowd. So my kids can be a part of the process. And so I like to go to your office with my kids and I vote early there. So like I said, they can see it. They can, I can discuss, you know, what I'm voting for, why I'm voting for it. This is the way I feel. Other people might feel this way. We have that conversation. So I like to go early just because it's easier to have three kids in a voter booth when it's not the day of. Yeah. And you two millennials. You're just millennials. That's what you both are. <laughs> and the greatest part about early voting is we have weekend weekend voting. You yep. can go. We have mm -hmm. two Saturdays yes. and a Sunday. And um, primary, we're open nine to six. The general election, we always open eight to six. Mm -hmm. So that extra hour for the general election, 13 full days. Yeah. Okay. So in the 2020 general election, I had 10 early voting sites mm -hmm. open for 13 days from 8 a.m. to 6 p.m. Go pick a place. And you know, we had over 93,000 voters mm -hmm. who voted early in that election. Yeah. It, it's become the, the, the go-to. I mean, people would rather vote in the early voting. Um, you can go look online because you guys post every day how many people have voted every day, what the percentage is. Um, I thought the turnout for the last general election was absolutely amazing uh, for St. John's County. It was one of the higher turnouts that I'd seen. So I thought it was really good. 
Those are special elections that I've been involved in and no one showed up to vote for. So Yeah, and that's the thing about special elections. Probably the person on the ballot caused that. And, and you're right. Saint was John's that a you? St. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> John's County is known uh, for voter turnout. Um, yes. In the 2020 general election, we had 85% voter turnout, third highest in the state. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, we did not see the same thing in the gubernatorial in 22 because we only had a, six, a, a 65% voter turnout. Mm-hmm. And sadly, as you know, mm-hmm. our primary turnout stinks. Mm-hmm. It is literally 28, 29%. And, and that always really bothers me because people can turn out when they want to. Uh, yeah. And yeah. this is where I get jaded on the system because our politicians know that. And that's why they put initiatives and certain things on the primary because there's less people that show up than show up to a general election. And it's done across the country. It's not just done here. So d- don't, th- I mean, if you want to pass something, you're trying to pick the time when the least amount of people show up, especially mm-hmm. if it's controversial, because if you get your people out, you can get it passed. Right. Yeah. And that's just the way the system works. I don't have to like it, but that's just the way the system works. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, one more thing I do want to mention about mm-hmm. election integrity. Yep. We um, absolutely have bought some new equipment. We have purchased a separate auditing system. Mm-hmm. And beginning with the March election, we are going to be conducting a 100% audit on all of our elections on a system that is completely separate from our tabulation system. So when you do that, when will you release that information? How long will it take you to do that audit? Okay, so the audit will be done following the certification of the election, and the process will happen during the process of the election. So um, the scanners are separate that we're going to use. So for example, when we're opening and counting vote by mail ballots, we'll have a process. They'll run through our regular scanner, 250 ballots in this batch, take it over to the clear ballot scanner, 250, they match, then they'll be batched and sent on. So vote by mail we'll do at the same time. Early voting, we'll scan the ballots the next day. And then election day, the day after the election, we'll scan them. And then we will have a public audit where we review all of the information. So if I, and I don't understand the system completely, but running through this, if someone were to try to hack the system, they would have to hack both of those systems. They're independent systems that do not talk to one another. They both would have to come up with the same hack total. Okay. Okay. And, and actually, Did our voting it. system is not open to the internet. Yes. But I say that as a term because people, the, the there are people out there that will tell you, well, it doesn't matter if it's connected or not. You can jump an air gap, right? You Which is what they call not being connected. Right. Yeah. Um, and, and I don't know all the processes that you have in place, and I don't want to know, and I don't think people should know all the processes you have in place. So I'm not going to ask you that, but I'm just trying to put it together in, in my own terms and in, in my head of this is what would have to happen for somebody to cheat once mm-hmm. you get that process. Yeah. And then the, our regular processes that really start at our early voting sites and our polling places, every voter that's checked in, yeah. every ballot that's issued and every ballot that's tabulated is accounted for each and every day. And we have to, when the election is certified, we have to certify to the state our voter history and account for every voter and every ballot that's cast in the election. I wish every state was run the way your office is run. I I do too. Really quickly, because we only have about a minute, congressional districts are going to be a mess. They're uh, they're in the courts. They could change. Yes. Okay. And you're going to come back and tell us when they change and what's going on. If they change. Yes, if they do. Their uh, DeSantis's districts that were adopted have been challenged. The courts have said they were unconstitutional in Northeast Florida. So we all need to watch that because that very likely could affect St. John's County. We'll talk more about that next time. Yeah, next time. And you're coming back. You do a great job every time. You know, you sit down and go, I have four things to talk about. Like, we're never going to get through all four of those. (laughs) But absolutely awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you for the job you and your staff do. Uh, It really makes voting easy here in St. John's County. And I'm proud of the way that St. John's County uh, voting has gone on for the entire time that I've been involved in it. And that we were not one of those counties in 2000 that people were looking at. So thank thank you very much. Thanks for having me. Thanks for being here.
Amanda, thanks for being somewhat nice to me tonight. All right, we will be back tomorrow night. We've got Jimmy and a whole bunch of surprise panel guests for you. Yep. Bye. Bye. Bye.